Kerp, if you can hear that, we can't. You you can't? Oh, no. perfect. <laughs> We're for sure going to run that video at the front of this then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could hear it. Like... It was on DJ Preview. There we go. Can you hear it now? Okay. Did you hear it that time? We we did, and I've talked to uh, talked to a few of my friends. It turns out, like (laughs) my friends of my friends, like this podcast way more than my friends do. Um, And they're like, "No, no, the the low rent part is good. That's part of the fun." Yeah, because your friends know you, so there's no novelty. Well, I mean, well, the novelty is standardized i would say yeah like i went, I went like, out on a boat in santa monica bay yesterday and someone's like hey so can we talk about the additive bias i'm like no i'm on a boat you, you can hit me up at monday at oh no this that's you've stumbled on the reason to have a podcast when you go to a room <laughs> full of people who are interested in your podcast they just want to talk about the topics from the podcast not you it's anymore. great no it's that's like, yeah fine. yeah that's yeah but spacex like okay <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> okay so welcome back to the cognitive bias podcast and uh we have a, a special guest uh dr dalton combs joining us today hello hello thank you for having me we do Glad which has caused here. us on the fly to have to figure out the protocol for when we have guests on the show which now we add you to the calendar invite forever so you can stop by anytime the link will work i yeah. believe if i've set up the right infrastructure the place i'm staying has a manual standing desk this is great because you're coming you. to you it okay. looks like you're like opening an old-timey car window right <laughs> rolling it down uh-huh. all right so so dalton you had a when i told you we were doing this you had a really special thing that you, you'd asked about is if we'd talked about a particular cognitive bias that is near and dear to your heart. I said we hadn't. So mm-hmm. for the, mm-hmm. the edification of our shockingly attractive and intelligent listeners, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about the cognitive bias, cognitive bias. All right. Uh, every, like half our audience just um, has to go change their pants now. Um, so, yes. so what is I'm the cognitive the bias, cognitive bias? Yeah, very meta. Uh, what is cognitive bias? Cognitive bias. So you know, like any cognitive bias, it like and cognitive bias generally is about uh, a way in which our cognition is systematically biased, right? Systematically departs from what we might expect. Uh, and the cognitive bias, cognitive bias, is about how our belief in cognitive biases and our understanding of cognitive biases themselves cause us to have biased cognition. Those beliefs bring into our cognitive processes a bias. Oh, it's it's so haunted because it it like contains seven or eight other cognitive biases in a trench coat. <laughs> yes. Well it contains all of them, right? It's the Yeah, it does. It's so problematic. It's the, it's the barber it's the barber who gives him who shaves his own face, right? It's the Yeah. Yeah, it's that like the more you know about the law of the instrument, you have a predilection for understanding everything via the law of the instrument. Yeah, and so let, let me let me give a couple of examples, or like, what, like why is this a problem? Or like, how, where does this shake out? So the the biggest reason, the biggest way in which this happens, is that the idea of cognitive biases condition you to think 
that cognition is a particular type of rational optimal, right? Mm. That cognition mm. should be, yeah. right? Cognitive biases have this yeah. normativity in them where like, cause yeah. you have to have something you're biased away from. So what are you biased away from? The, you begin to think that people should think bias free, right? <laughs> so good cognition yeah. has no biases. Like true, pure, unbiased cognition exists, right? It tells you it exists, which is false. Right. So somewhere, somewhere, every think boy on the internet's like furiously typing their first hate letter to us. Because <laughs> like, 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 the, like the, the the first the first rule of, of of think boy club is you don't talk about think boy club. But the second rule of think boy club is that like all all cognitive processes have like um, platonic forms at some point, and that like if, if only if only I could think hard enough, kind of thing. And what you're yeah, describing exactly. is that's crap. Exactly. That's crap. Yeah. Yes. So sorry yeah, for 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 answers back for answers edification. This is something like you've studied and thought hard about. Yes, my PhD is in decision making. So I study how humans make decisions. And I study so my my PhD on it says neuroscience. I spent a lot of time in the economics department, um, and all of my research involved making people make decisions. So like giving them options and asking them to choose between them and looking at how long it takes them to respond and how consistent their reactions are. So I spend a lot of time talking to economists who have a, who do think like rational optimal, right. Is like how people should think they, they, they do believe in the rational optimal myth. Uh, and then my whole, you know, all of my research is about trying to move the economics field, my colleagues beyond the rational optimal model of cognition. Trying, trying to break the cognitive bias, cognitive bias for them. So, yeah, exactly. I forgot. I, I forgot. I didn't have the mic, and I started talking. That's the worst version of "you're on mute" I've ever pulled, which is the mic is across <laughs> the room. Um, I like the 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 thing I'm interested to chase is the mechanical piece, like the idea that you have to, like, even built into the name is a. Th- thing that people probably are already misunderstanding, which is the idea that to have bias, it has to go away from something yeah. else. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's part biased of, away by a bias is a yeah. divergence from truth, right? Right. It's like, well, you, you say like a road is biased when it's like out of true or like a, a bow and arrow, a bow is biased if it's out of true, right? Like that's the word we use to describe yeah. unbiased is true. And, and, I think and there's a we thing here in the with, bias bias. Yeah. Maybe yeah. conflate it with yeah. prejudice, which is a totally different thing, but right. Same thing colloquially almost, which is the problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of yeah. the problem. Yeah. Part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cause bias should contain within it, the def, you know, the inherent assumption that there's this baseline and ultimately like, we're talking about whenever I run into this kind of like, it feels circular, right? Like you, is it a, is it a, is this just, is this a compute capacity problem? Like it would take another brain's worth of brain in order to to <laughs> actually real time assess what the brain is braining <laughs> or that sounds brain brainily. That was a perfectly cromulent sentence. <laughs> Um, one way to think about it is, is like that, like, like, um, the shortcuts are not shortcuts. Like they are a better way of, 
of doing it. And another is like another part of this that is rational optimal bias is the assumption that there is one way to be rationally optimal um, because there are many ways to be rationally optimal. So here's an example: how you're building a robot and you need the robot to catch a baseball. Okay, I'll launch a baseball, and the robot's job is to run out in the field and catch it. One way to do it is you have the robot look at the ball, plot where it's going to land, like do a little interpolation, run over there, get to where it thinks the ball's going to land, turn around, and then just kind of correct, right, as the ball's coming in. Uh, that's not how humans do it. So that's a perfectly rational and optimal way, as an optimal solution to catching the ball, right? Properly implemented, that'll catch the ball almost every time. The way humans actually do it, this is the, this is the algorithm that humans use. The algorithm that humans use is you look up at the ball like a pop fly and you attempt to keep the angle between the ground and the ball for which you're the vertices constant. So you try and keep the ball in the same spot in the sky. Okay. And you run, you move your body. Yeah. In order to keep, like you don't, you don't, you do not watch the ball for an instant and then run and then turn around and stop and catch, right? You're continually moving. And the closer you get to the destination, the slower you get. And it's because what you're doing is you're trying to keep the ball in the sky at the exact same place in your retina the whole time that you're tracking towards the ball. And then you and the ball will converge with the ground at the same moment. And that's how you catch. That's how real people catch a ball. Those are both perfectly optimal solutions, but you, you couldn't really reasonably call one biased from the other. No. And maybe it's the, the fact that what you're pointing to is there's it, implicit in bias is that there is a like unipole against which we're trying to push. Like there is, there is a right way to do it and a, a, a right way, a wrong way. And you're avoiding one and going to the other. And the second that you have something that's a little more multidimensional, the, the capital B bias part of this just kind of falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. You, and so even not only does it encourage it, like, you to think that you are optimal, but it encourages you to think that there is only one optimal and both of those are false. Yes. Okay. So, so usually we front load for the, the benefit of our listeners to like, you know, put the podcast on double speed, get done with it in five minutes and then go on with their lovely lives. We try to front load the like, so what if we can about like how, how should one take this knowledge and what could one do with it to lead a, a slightly better life and make slightly better decisions? So, so Dalton, when you think about the cognitive bias, cognitive bias, what would you have people know in terms of like how they would take that knowledge and transform that into a better life? I mean, the, the lesson that I take away from it, like having studied cognition is, uh, the, the brain is smarter than you are like, and lean in on that. Don't think that you're smarter than the brain and like, don't think that you know how someone else should be doing something. Like if you come into the world and the world is not as your definition of rational optimal would lead you to expect, assume you're the one who misunderstands. This is the <laughs> uh, take, take all cognitive biases with massive grain of salt answer. Yeah. Yeah, take take these overly elegant explanations. Like if if you predict that markets should do a certain thing, but they consistently don't, 
don't get upset at the world for not conforming to your model. Maybe that's the, the lesson. Don't get upset at the world for not conforming to your model. <laughs> Which is like yeah, kind of then, what cognitive biases want you to do. They want you to rage at the world and say the world is wrong. <laughs> bias. No! It, Only it works this way! This is kind of what uh, Malcolm Gladwell's blink is about. Isn't it the idea of like, we have this gut feeling that's actually a whole stacked up. Like, so also sometimes you, like, and I feel like this is a point I make often the point of understanding the cognitive biases. It's just to be able to go, Hey, that's one, but like, it doesn't mean you shouldn't let it pass. Cause it might be a thing that's actually helpful in getting to that gut sort of thing where you just go, you know, I'm selling Facebook. It doesn't feel right anymore. Even though the <laughs> fundamentals still stack up, they're making a buttload of money. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I make a lot of decisions that I can't explain other than like, I don't know that felt right. Like the right choice. This is the episode where we, this is the episode where we renamed it to the cognitive, the vibes are off podcast. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little bit closer to it. No, but, it, but it does point to a good thing. And, and this is the, um, this is the map for the territory episode in which the cognitive bias cognitive bias reminds you that like we're spending a lot of time describing cartography we're not spending a lot of time talking about the territory mm -hmm. the, the, yeah and, the, what's actually going on out there is not just a distortion of perfect right right and and we should not we should not be conflating uh descriptions of failure modes of of models with uh behavior that ends up having kind of suboptimal outcomes. But I guess we do have to still put it kind of in that frame of reference that like there, there are some things like, yeah, that, that is definitely us maladaptively applying a concept rigorously here. And then mad when reality didn't work. And there's some things like, wow, that was definitely normalcy bias. Like those people stayed in the path of a hurricane for way too long. And there was a reason. And there's a switching cost between the two. There's, there's, the other thing, this, this, or I think, or what you were talking about in the context of the catch a ball scenario gets me ultimately to the thing where it's why people say the brain is a muscle, I think, ultimately, because mm -hmm. the type of processing that it is for sure biased toward <laughs> is going to be real time at the speed of human life, right? And so the idea of, yes. like, catching a ball, that's the right way to solve that solution. If the speed that you can move to catch up to the ball is rate limited by your feet and your athletic capacity or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it means that even trying to find the optimal way to do that, like that is, that is the optimal way to do that for catching a pop fly. If you're a bipedal, you know, hominid, right. Uh, Right. Trust, trust evolution. Projections have that thing where they're like, oh, well, you can end here. And then, like you said, go there first and then adapt by watching. Doesn't work if you can't go there first <laughs> while well, the ball is still coming down because <laughs> the ball's going faster. But what it made me think, though, is just like with my own background in sports, I'm really familiar with the extent of the, like the reason that you practice and practice and practice and practice and practice is because once you're trying to do it as quickly as human possible human or as effectively as humanly possible you don't have time to think my worst races in swimming were the ones where i had time to go oh i missed my turn and it was like oh shit 
not only did I miss my turn, but now I'm off enough that I'm thinking about it. Like the race is, is, you know, over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's even an extent to which, you know, in that context of catching the ball, the people that are the best in the world at catching the ball aren't, you're not thinking anymore in the same, like, like you wouldn't be able to intercept that process with an awareness of a cognitive bias that you try to apply consciously. Like it's, it's happening at a different long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want that cognitive bias. You would not want your cognitive bias, cognitive bias activated while you are trying to catch a ball. That is the wrong no, time in fact, to be reminded it, that you have a cognitive bias. It, yeah, this is this is one that might be like like required some amount of like containment and protect, protection. This idea might be lightly info hazardous. <laughs> only lightly. It's like yeah. when you're when uh, you're when you're doing eighty on the freeway and you stop and think like, what am I doing? Holy shit! Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, keep it the fuck together. Um, yeah, info hazardous thoughts for derailing semi automated processes. Info yeah, he wasn't trying to process that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, this is a bit of an aside, but I just got to the part in the dream machine, Ramsey, where they're talking oh, about cool. like, it had just never even occurred to me that information theory didn't exist at one point And people didn't just talk about everything in yes. the context of what data did I just put in your brain with my words? Like, yeah, that these terms are all wild. fluffy and fuzzy. That it was all invented a, by psychologists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> but I guess that's how it works. You get to stand on the shoulders yeah. of the people no, that, before that, you in that this context. Is the, uh, so the, the, the Dream Machine is the biography of uh, J.C.R. Licklider um, and his, his path through life and the world, which is, um, if, if you haven't picked it up, is... For, available from Stripe Press, and it's really, really fantastic because the first, I want to say, seven chapters of the book are basically the history of computing from Babbage to Apple. Um, so, you know, I, I say that like it was a long time, but it wasn't. Um, and for anyone who who likes a really good, like, how did we get to now and how many things had to go right? What incentive structures got us along the way? And kind of along the way, you want to learn something about the church Turing hypothesis and the Pentagon in the same chapter. Um, the Dream Machine is a really excellent read, um, but it it does involve the the intersections of all of these different disparate fields that kind of we're all trying to like scratch at like what makes thinking things thinking things, and can we make things that think? But incidentally, they ended up being good at math and like, you know, it, it was, they were trying to mathematically model these things and they went, hey, computers. And, that and so it's problem. Com- yeah, it's totally enmeshed yeah. with the history of computing because yeah. they were like, let's build machines to help with this problem. And so yeah, I never thought of it being, from that, you know. It ends up being that, that nothing's going right until someone's sitting in a bar in like the Midwest striking up a conversation so I was like oh yeah i got an i got an electric calculator at home like what do you mean he's like well i work at the i work at the telephone company i got a lot of spare relays and i'm kind of bored so i think i made a calculator he's like you need to come with me right now to the pentagon <laughs> right there's a war yeah. on <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean think about like being in 1930 1940 and the question is well what what is it going to look like when the computer is a million times faster like with the calculator calculates a million times faster what's it going to be like and Almost everyone thought like, oh, just really fast math, right? But Licklider and a handful of other people thought about 
Photoshop and Zoom and um, the potential of interactive computing and like where that was going to lead us, the whole creator economy. Yep. Okay. JCR Licklighter is who we have to thank for spicy TikTok dabbing videos. And thirst traps. They certainly did invest in thirst traps, but... JCR Licklighter. Okay, how do we we get out of here when we have a guest? Very often, this Uh, just ends with me going, oh shit, I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, again, low rent is the name of the game. Uh, low rent is the name of the game around here, but uh, since, we, since we have a guest, um, Dalton, do you want any any closing thoughts for folks about how 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 cognitive bias, cognitive bias, or other things they should be thinking about? Yeah, so the homework assignment is yes. go, go make up your own cognitive bias and see if you can convince everyone it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then get these two assholes to make a podcast episode about it. Exactly. That's not bad. Awesome. Um, uh, hey, man, thanks for joining us. Thanks Let's, for having uh, me. Talk to you all soon. Yeah. It's actually going this time. I guess the counter of my other proposed intro motion would be to fall out of the frame at the end of every video. <laughs>